That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest Red Sox show out there, the Pesky Poll Podcast. How you guys doing today? Today is Sunday. Most importantly, the Lord's Day, but also very importantly, it's Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, the boys had to get together before anything happened, before the big game to talk a little bit about it and to talk about whatever slight Red Sox news we have because we are in still in the lockout and it's killing us. Joining me, we have the illustrious trio here today of podcast. We'll start at the bottom with the least important guest you've seen him on this show too many times and by too many i mean too many adam introduce yourself for the new people you mentioned me as the bottom what that's okay. yeah right now you're on the bottom of my screen and, so yeah same here oh i I'm, i have myself at the top all uh, right no well my name is adam wright i'm a sports broadcasting major at dean college in franklin massachusetts and i host the Fumble Rooski podcast. We are on all platforms, so go check us out. But yeah. Yeah. And apparently he's currently recording from inside a basement with what I believe is a popcorn machine in the back. I think he's being held hostage, Rob. I think yeah, Adam blink twice if we need to come get you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's over. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Adam has been what we like to call uh, whipped by his girlfriend, who Sarah apparently got in a fight who apparently likes to eat salad as her Super Bowl meal. No, she actually doesn't like salad. That was that was a joke. Okay, thank God. She doesn't eat salad. She'll be at my house and like my parents will like offer her salad. She'll be like, no, thank you. Okay, thank God. Because, okay, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I didn't steal your content this time, Adam. So go check it. Go check out the Fumbers podcast. Well, down to the wire posted it too, but Go check out that episode that we just recorded yesterday. A little Super Bowl preview. Robert, and you made me send it to you too. Did you post it? No, you you never sent it to me. I did send it to you. Yeah, whatever. That's that's your episode. I wasn't going to infringe too much because we were recording <laughs> this one. But also, guest number two, the more important one, voted sexiest man alive from Bryant University, Mr. Brian Costa. Pesky Pole Nation, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I say that because, Rob, we were talking before the show about, about your analytics and knowing a lot of people listen to this show at night. So mm-hmm. how are you guys doing? Obviously, I hope that uh, all of you guys listening today are having an amazing, amazing Super Bowl Sunday. Whenever this does air, whether it be on Sunday or Monday, who cares? I hope that you guys are having a fantastic day. Obviously, if you have not met me before, my name is Brian Costa, and I am the host of the Down to the Wire show uh, here at Bright University. It's a podcast slash video stream. Uh, I do it with my co-host, Tyler Tucker and Tyler Stringfellow. I have a variety of guests on, whether it be uh, from local athletes to just people just that want to talk some local sports. I've had Rob on plenty of times, and it's 
always a blast to have them on. I mean, so listen, if you have any interest in following us, just make sure you go check out our Instagram at, mm-hmm. at down dot to the wire. And yeah, Rob, I'm, I'm really excited to be on to talk some socks with you. It's been a little bit just because, I mean, let's just be frank. The, the, the baseball world's kind of been frozen for the past two months. That and Robert doesn't post at all. But there is that too. There is that too. <laughs> but you just mention yourself in third person. Yes. All right. I'm sorry. I'm you're not cool enough to do that. That's why you're on the bottom here. Okay. But we have a little bit of news to talk about before then. Like I said, it is Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end of today's episode. So we had to record this bright and early in the morning. It is currently 7:50 a.m. local Denver time. These guys got an extra couple hours of sleep. Lucky bastards. No, I didn't. I still went to bed at like two in the morning. Yeah, I did too. Right? Okay. This is four in the morning for you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, with that being said, yeah, we have Super Bowl content. We got a little bit of lockout stuff to post and a quick announcement. Next week's show will be the two year anniversary of the Pesky Poll podcast. So make sure you guys tune into that. I'm hoping to get a couple guests in here and there. I'm. I mean, we might do what we did for episode 69. Adam, if you remember that, we, we went all out for that I show. Remember that. that was that was a good show. I'm not even it was a little a slight overkill, but no, there's no such thing as an overkill. All right. But I might try and get something together like that. See what I can do. You know, I, but I, there I, will. I, I remember I couldn't make that episode because I had a night class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had another episode over the summer where you could make it because you were out golfing. Oh yeah, that was that, that that was fun. I was I was on I was uh try, I was trying to make uh trying to make one in on the back night and all of a sudden I got a call from Robert it's just like, "Hey man, Adam bailed. Can you do a show?" I'm like I'm like, "Uh, Rob, I'm actually currently on the back nine right now. I can't talk." Yeah. Uh cuz and and I quote Adam Adam called me when he said he couldn't make it cuz he had something to do with Sarah. Yeah. And he's like, "Eh, just text Adam. He's got no or text Brian. He's got no life." Mm, yeah, uh, Rob, do you care about the? Uh, do you care about whether this episode is explicit or not today? I've already said the word bastard at least twice. So, all right, all right, Adam, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, I've you know it's true, already. Ryan. What the fuck, dude? I mean, I, 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 I have a life. I actually do shit. So I'm sorry. I, I like podcasting. So I'm sorry that I actually like to. I'm sorry that I. You know, actually, like to do this shit, but then I, but then you try to proceed to say, "Oh, call, t- talk to Brian. He has no life." Go I think yourself, you I, I, I don't believe I said. I don't believe I said. That's that. exactly what you said. No, no, no. I, I remember. I remember what Robert said because I wanted to beat the shit out of you, and it basically went along along the line along the lines of, "Oh, text Brian. He doesn't have anything going on." I was yeah. like, Okay. I was like, I was like, okay, bastard. I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. All right, that. I was probably I was definitely joking and he probably took it seriously. No, you were not joking. Adam but does like, not have the ability to joke. He's real? been whipped and locked in a chick's basement. All right. Yeah. Uh now he's frozen. Uh, oh, okay. Uh oh boy. Oh, oh boy. god. Thank God. All we right. lost Adam. All right, thank God. All right. So All right. Well, he's well, he's trying to recover. Damn uh, it. We, uh, uh, he's back. Ah, uh, fuck, he's back. All right, what's up? We, we were hoping you we were hoping you disconnect. Yeah, he's, Sarah, he's probably going to leave Sarah, on his own. Sarah disconnected the internet so she could beat the shit out of me. Yeah, good. <laughs> what is this episode going? I'm to? I'm I'm, t- I'm team Sarah in this one, but Rob, let let's just get into the baseball news. Come on. Yeah, let's let's just get it. So just just, just feed it to me. 
So first and foremost, lockout still going on. And there's just been like complete bullshit from the MLB side. Like we're just we're just going pure unfiltered podcast yeah, today. Brian Costavardi has uh, I, cr- I, cr- I I christened it. It's fine. Yes. So yeah. latest we've heard is there have been a couple meetings here and there. Um, at least one of these meetings has featured more than a hundred MLB players, um, according to Garrett Cole. I don't know how much stock you want to put in that information, but you do with that as what you wish. Uh, this Washington Post article says those meetings came as the time for the scheduled start of spring training, which started dwindled from weeks to days, shrank to a period measurable in hours. Even so, Manfred said there's no change to the status of spring, spring training. So the MLB will talk to the union about the calendar, which he admits is hard to ignore. Until we see how the bargaining session on Saturday, which that was yesterday, I've got no news about that. There's been I, I no actually, change. I actually do have some news on that. Please share. So uh, this is from All Sports News. This came out. Uh, this came out 19 hours ago, and it mm-hmm. and it basically reads that MLB slash MLBPA meeting ends with little progress. And I, you want me to just give you the full read through of the post? Uh, it, give it, me like it, a spark notes it, it, version. It, it, it's short. Basically, says the meeting between the between Manfred and the Baseball Association uh, ended a little over after an hour. Little progress was made. Uh, they. Unfortunately, they uh, basically they're kind of going with they're kind of just trying to take almost like they're just trying to move an inch every single meeting, but that's really not enough to get things started. And they basically said uh, pitchers and catchers had been scheduled to report for spring training on Tuesday. That will not be happening now. Yeah, which is like straight up bull. And you want to know? So, so so in terms of news, that is the news that pitchers and catchers aren't reporting Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You want to know the most BS thing I've ever heard, right? The MLB hired an expert <laughs> at $775 an hour to come in and explain why minor league players should not be paid during <laughs> lockouts. Think about that for a second. They came in and hired somebody $700. First of all, if you make it $775 an hour, I'm not going to. Like, that's LeBron James money right there. Good for you, man. I mean, Good, I, I don't even think we'll, yeah, that's that's LeBron James. That's good for you, first of all. But second of all, you're fighting the wrong battle, my man. You're fighting the wrong battle. I know everyone's got to make their bag, right? I'm all for that, but yeah, you you're on the wrong side of that fight. Adam, your thoughts? Yeah, it just appears that this thing is trending in the wrong direction, and it looks like it's going to eat into the regular season. To be honest, I mean, I love I love to be hopefully optimistic. But it just doesn't look like it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I would love for spring training to just start in a couple of weeks, but I don't think it will. Man. And, I mean, it sucks for minor leaguers because their season's already short enough as it is. Their season's going to get pushed back. Their season's going to be less games. They're going to get paid less than they already do. And I know most of these guys already have a second job that they do during the offseason. Like, um, for example, when I interviewed Christian Koss, He's telling me he's working at a Christmas tree farm. Right? Think about that. You go to your local Christmas tree farm, you see a minor league player for the Sox there. (laughs) Right? But that's what I mean is these guys are already stretched thin. I mean, some of them, especially in the lower levels, like low A, high A, and even some cases like double A, 
they're just barely making enough to live. I mean, they have living expenses paid by the team, which isn't a problem. But while they're on break, they got to fend for themselves on that little money that they're getting paid. And they're only getting paid, like some of them are only getting paid like 40 grand. So to go in and just say, yeah, we don't feel you should get paid during the lockout either. Just go back to your, you know, $15 an hour job that you're working. Just do that. Like, like I understand that struggle, right? For those of you who don't know, I work four jobs right now. I'm working 75 hours a week, right? I understand that struggle and just the mix between doing a really shitty job, nine to five job versus something that you really love to do. You hate it, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm on the side. I'm on the side of the players now. At first, I was like, "This is just fifty percent." Um, Rob Manfred needs to be fired, which is always the case. If you don't think so, you haven't been watching baseball. And it's fifty percent of the players who are making millions of dollars begging for more money. Now I'm fully on the side of the players. I, I mean, I'm. I still kind of lean the whole 50, 50 thing because. Here's the thing. While well, you can make the case that obviously minor league players do deserve that that do deserve more money and they do deserve to be paid more. The minor league players aren't the ones that are coming to the table. It's the if asking for more for asking for more money. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't have the representation to to probably do so. But the guys usually going to the table are guys like Max Scherzer. Again, I think Max Scherzer is doing is probably doing it for good reasons. But the guys that are coming to the table are already making tens of millions of dollars and and they're and they're trying to go on the side of asking for more money again not that minor league players shouldn't get more money but i it 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 kind of just rings a little uh rings a little hollow in my mind i mean i saw the whole thing with rob manfred there was i remember the post that he put out when they announced that the lockout was going to be happening and, and they said and he literally said we're doing this so that way we can have a season and i'm like all right but now your season is getting delayed and it's getting delayed two years after you already had to have a 60 game season due to the due to the covid like due to the covid crisis yeah not so, even year and a half exactly so i'm just like i'm like i could understand if things had been going smoothly up till now and it's like all right guys we just got to cop we just got to chop a couple games off we already missed out on basically an entire season less just, I mean, less than two years ago. I mean, you know, less than two years ago. It, I mean, we, I mean, actually, you know, two years ago, we thought we were just going to be able to, you know, cruise into, you know, baseball, things were going to be completely normal and there was going to be no problems whatsoever. And then obviously everything kind of went sideways after that, but I don't know. It, it just, it's just so bad at this point, man. I'm just so done with, with all the parties involved, man. Mm-hmm. Man, just give the people what they want. The people want baseball. Well, yeah, give them baseball. Want, well, they want baseball, but guess what? I mean, it, obviously, the, the, if the diehard fans that still do exist will be there and they will support the teams and 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 the players and whatever till till the day they die. They will be there. But it's the casual fan who you know I want who realizes, oh, there's a game on TV. Oh, my team's playing. I'm going to go turn them on. And then, you know, they watch them, they have some fun, and then, you know, they, they're they just casual throughout the season. Baseball needs, unfortunately, they do need those casual fans just because the diehards aren't enough, and it's an older generation that uh, really just, that does make up those guys. They need to get that younger generation, and, you know, they, they need to start to take those casual fans and convert them into more than that. And mm-hmm. by just and by just saying, oh yeah, we're having internal problems with the league, we're having money issues. Young fans don't want to think about they don't money. Care. They, 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 they don't care about that stuff. They'd rather go watch the NBA and just watch the stuff play out there. I know the NBA has had the NBA has had lockouts, but they were able to resolve things. They were able to get back on and figure stuff out. But mm-hmm. I mean, if it comes down to it, and why why would I be if I was a young fan, I'm a casual sports fan. 
would I, would I, would I be like, Oh my God, I'm so mad that baseball isn't on or, or would I be like, all right, I really have no loyalty to this, to the sport. I'm going to go watch something else. Yeah. I mean, just logically, that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. right now. Can I just right- add to that yeah. on top of the fact that just put aside the fact that there's been a pandemic that shortened one season and now there's a lockout, even before that baseball was sort of a dying sport, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's, it's, at least, been at least, at least viewership wise, where you're looking at it and, you know, basketball is past them. Well, the, the uh, football this been, year, football is past them decades ago. And like they were, they were so bad at marketing their players and you would think they would prioritize getting their, getting baseball back, but they're not, you know, they're, this is, it's really bad that they're not that. I don't think they realize how bad this is for their sport. Mm-hmm. They, they have no idea. And I mean, it's, baseball has never been the same since the steroid era. And listen, I obviously the steroid era has a lot of, you know, it, it tainted a lot of people's perceptions of the sport. It makes a lot of people feel uh, like they were cheated of like actual of, of watching, like, you know, really the best of the best. And it felt like you were just watching a science a science experiment for, you know, a decade. So I can understand where people feel like that, but that is when baseball was, pro- you know, pr- primarily in terms of recency, that's when it was at its best. It's never really been able to compete ever since then. Mm-hmm. And just all the other scandals and like in general too, not just like the COVID shortened season, but the Astros cheating scandal where, where you have people where you have the trash can banging and the MLB handling it by not, by not taking care of any of those players. The MLB basically kind of just stuck their nose in the air and, 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 and said, listen, we're just going to do what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, like who cares? Kiss my and, ass. Yeah, pretty much. And, and at the end of the day, that's not always, I mean, some, sometimes you need to do that because, because it's like, all right, you know what? This blowback is this blowback from these fans are stupid. We just need to say, screw you guys and move on. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, sometimes you need to actually listen to these people because they're the people driving your revenue. You guys have been, the sport has been losing money for, for a lot of these years. Yeah. Basically, what's going on is MLB casual fans are sitting there in 2008 playing Wii Sports bowling while their parents are in the other room getting a divorce. That's basically what's going on right now. Pretty All much. right. Let's let's go into a little bit more Red Sox stuff. So recently. Well, hmm? well Rob, it's got it's got to be Nintendo Switch bowling pretty soon. Oh, oh God. Did you not the new see generations that? upon us. Well, no. Did you see the, the Nintendo Switch sports? It looks sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the the kids the kids today will never realize how good Wii Sports was. Oh no! But, like, but they're gonna be they're, they're gonna be traumatized though when when uh, Matt shows up. Oh god! Oh, to kick, yeah. to kick, boxer to, back in to, the day. To kick, Matt's gonna show up and kick their ass. That uh, man! That uh, man ruined my dreams at twelve honestly, years old. Matt might save society because he'll teach a lot of these kids to be humble. Yeah, humble yourself, kids. That's that's what Matt's job is, and he does a damn good job at it. I was a kick-ass boxer back in the day. Boxing for Wii Sports, that was where it was at. You um, know, and I, like I used to box all my all my family members and all my friends and I'd be like play me in Wii Sports. And I kick, that, all, kick all their asses. Just clip and, that, clip that. I used to box all my family members, clip that. <laughs> I but <laughs> no, just keep the Wii Sports part. I know like No, 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 no. No. Obviously, if this was like CNN or MSNBC, it would be all like, hey, 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 we're going to clip out the Wii Sports <laughs> part and it's going to be all, you know, and it's going to be all, you know, Adam Wright, Adam Wright is Adam Wright has beats up his family headline. Yep. Yep. Adam's canceled. But no, did you guys ever have the um, Xbox Connect? That was one of the things uh, as a kid I wish I had, but never did. It, it, I, I've, I never had it, but I played with one. I think it's wildly overrated. Really? 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I mean, I actually we were talking about a about a kid on the show about a kid that you know we've all met before, Pat Edwards. Yeah, it is at his house. I mean, I never really got a chance to play with it, but like I don't know it it the commercials really did it up. I I thought it was kind of an overrated uh, piece of equipment. Mm. I felt I, I played it a couple times. One when I was like a freshman in high school. One of my friends that I went to visit in Florida had um I. Th- I don't know exactly. It was some sort of boxing game. And I oh, thought it was shoot. really cool that you could, it was like, we, it was like we sports without a remote. So it just used yeah. your whole body, you know, yeah. but it'd be one thing if you could like prop, if you could like plot, like, yeah, plot yourself down into like grand theft auto five or something, but like, Oh God, that'd be awesome. Most, most of the time you're just like, kind of just like, you know, just jumping around, just doing like random yoga exercises. So that was kind of it. <laughs> Just, just imagine GTA Five on the Xbox Connect <laughs> with, with um, what do you call it? Um, oh, what's that um thing where you can talk? Uh, proximity chat. Mm. Just imagine, that would be the funniest thing ever. But anyway, so more Red Sox news. A couple days ago, it was announced that we would have a universal DH. Finally, right? I've been advocating this for years at this point but we finally have it which means are are technically oh cost of shaking his head uh you, you can go on i'll explain my case but it means that there are 15 new jobs that opened up in the nl right that means what does that mean for people like kyle schwarber who's a great dh and an average fielder but would make more of his money in the AL because he could be more of a DH or JD Martinez, who's obviously locked to the team for one more year, but now the 15 more spots have opened up. Does that mean he goes somewhere else in the NL next year? Your thoughts. Let's first go Costive because he's got All some right. opinions. So obviously I'm against the universal DH in general. I think I, I, I don't like the idea of it. Uh, I just, so I, I've explained my point on this many different times, and I, I do you want me to do you want me, you want me to kind of simplify it again? Yeah. So basically, I, when it comes to the when it comes to the AL and the NL, they were two separate leagues when they started up. They they did not merge for for some time, and you know it was treated as if they were like two separate leagues of baseballs. They used different equipment. They had different umpires per each league, and the World Series was literally the only time those two teams would meet up and play each other. And it really was seeing like all right who is the best of these two completely separate leagues? Like, cause they would never play each other coming up to this. Then interleague play kind of changed things. And it eventually kind of, you know, became like wish kind of, they eventually did merge together and it became what it did. But the world series was kind of like, all right, we're going to take the best of our best. We're going to take the best of your best. And, you know, from two separate leagues, like imagine, like imagine like having a team in America and a team in Europe, almost like come and play each other. That's how like kind of separate it, it almost kind of was when things started up. Obviously, then they merged together. And then in the 70s, they introduced the DH and the NL. Almost had it in the or in the AL. Almost had it in the NL. But uh, yeah, it's it. I, the reason I like the the reason I like the DH only being in the AL is because it, it kind of harkens back to that history. And it, it, it kind of shows that and it kind of shows, all right, there's going to be a difference in these two separate leagues. Now that you have a DH in the NL too, it literally, it literally just feels like the, it literally just feels like you're the AFC and the NFC for, uh, for baseball, which I, I, I never really wanted. I liked the fact that that one league was different than the other. Mm-hmm. Which, which I kind of get, but at this point it's like, 
we're already integrated into a full league together, right? That all right? That all kind right, of thing but, was sixty years ago. All right, but at that point, why why shouldn't the Phillies be in the be in the AL East? Because we're already a fourteen. Why, 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 why shouldn't why shouldn't the Yankees be in the NL? Because they're already in the AL. Okay, but it doesn't matter now. There's no difference. You're not giving anything up now. There's when, no difference when, in football when, either. When when the exactly when the Brewers went over to the NL, they had to give up the DH. When the when the Astros came over to the AL, they were able to acquire it. They were able to acquire it. Certain things had to be made for when teams wanted to switch leagues. Mm-hmm. Which I never so, understood I, why we had the AL and the NL. Like, you know why? Well, at first, when I was younger, it was kind of like, oh, the American League is more in the East and the NL is more in the West. But I'm realizing, like, there's there's a lot of teams that are in the East that are part of the NL. So why don't we just have, like, you know what I mean? That was always one thing that confused me growing up. Because I'm like, I realized that, like, teams like Miami were an NL team. I'm like, why? You know, I thought I thought it was more like, um, basketball you, you th- world. You thought it was more like the NBA, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that, that that's just me. I, I like the idea of there being like two separate types, two separate like you know games of baseball. Like, because there's a big strategy too to having the pitcher bat. It has to be like, all right, you have this guy dealing, but but he's coming up in the lineup again. Do you want do you want to take this guy out, or what do you want to do with him? Like, how do you want to approach this? And mm-hmm. I understand the idea of keeping guys in so you can see you know the absolute best of them. But I also like the idea that there has to be some strategy involved with the game of saying, like, all right, do we trust this guy or do we trust our bullpen to get us to get us out of a situation next inning? Mm-hmm. No, I got you there. Because uh, I, I, I just like strategy and I like I like, you know, being able to use that traditional strategy. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't get me wrong. I still love the small ball strategy. Like, but at this point, if you can get a dude in there who can mash a home run versus a pitcher, some pitchers can rake. Don't get me wrong. But most pitchers are either just going to stand there or they're just going to try and bunt and they're just going to jog to first. They're not going to care about their at-bat. Just add a little bit more excitement in the game, you know? Well, I, but at the same time, though, I don't like it because you're – like you said, 15 more jobs are going to be open. Why would Kyle Schwarber want to come back now to, to play first base? Obviously, you got you got a great Red Sox team out here. I think they're going to be building towards something within the next, you know, one to two years. I think they're, I think they're going to be something really special with uh, this new core that they got coming in. But – if you're Kyle Schwarber, you know that JD is going to be back for this year. So mm-hmm. why would why why would you say, oh, I'm going to do this? I mean, if if he was technically still under contract with the Nationals, he could just he could just literally just throw his glove away and just and just be like be like, all right, I'm your DH now. What what's going to stop him from saying, all right, I'm going to go to the Dodgers and be the DH there? Like mm-hmm. he could go to a he could still even without this this rule, they could he could still go to another AL uh, American exactly. League team. Exactly. So. But but now you're just doubling the market pool for this guy. And in my and in my opinion, a lot of NL teams where for the past for, you know, ever since the DH and, you know, at least a good portion of the 2000s, obviously you have you've had some great power hitters in the NL, but the NL obviously has been more pitching centric. Well, the AL has been more offensive centric. So mm-hmm. I think that you're going to see a lot of NL teams saying saying, all right, screw that. We want to be more and more on the offensive side of the game. And we're going to go out there and, you know, we might overspend for, for a DH just so that way we can say we have one because other NL teams may not. Yeah. I got you. You also have to look at it a different angle because yeah, you can, it's, it, it's a nice small ball thing to look at, but at the same time, f- from an offensive standpoint, the pitcher is an automatic out practically. 
Yeah. You know, every once in a while you'll see on, on the ML on the MLB page, oh, pitchers can mash, and you'll ever see that you know they're hitting, you know, it's uh Madison Bumgarner's hey, hitting Adam, a, hitting a going hitting into a home June, run. Jacob DeGrom is batting four hundred. So just remember that too. Yeah, for small sample size. Yeah, that's one and that's one pitcher too. I'm just saying. I'm and just that's saying. like one pitcher. Yeah, every yeah, it's every not like we're saying freaking Garrett Whitlock's like, going out there. But like the MLB page will show this, will show Madison Bumgarner hitting a hitting a home run. They're like he should be in the the home run derby. You look at his batting average; he's batting a buck fifty. And it's it's like you wonder why the 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 national the American League wins the wins the World Series a lot of the time, and you know a lot like all these National League teams have an automatic out at the bottom of their at the bottom of their lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when yeah, but when they play those when they play those AL teams, they 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 they, get, they have the ability to add an extra spot to the lineup. And when those AL teams go over to the NL, they have to put that automatic out in their lineup too. So guess what? Yeah, but think about it. You're going against the N. If you're in the NL, you're going against the NL a lot more than you are the AL. So you have to do the pitcher more. Which I mean, it makes it makes sense because both teams have to do it. But at the same time, it's preparing your lineup in different ways for the playoffs when you have to meet in the World Series. Mm. You know, so the NL team is going to be a lot more equipped to have the pitcher in because a lot more of the pitchers are going to have the ability to, you know, play the small ball game more. But then once you get into the AL side, they're going to be like, okay, who the hell do we use at DH? Yeah. You know, but let's get on to the last thing we got to talk about today. Some of the, I found an article, some of the more underappreciated Red Sox players of all time. Okay. We're just going to go through these quick, and I'm going to ask you guys, are they really underappreciated? Okay. First one, and this is in no particular order, by the way. Uh, first one is Jason Bay. Mm. Now, that's not necessarily a name I remember too well. Oh, you don't remember Jason Bay, bro? He, he ended up playing for the Mariners after, the, after his Red Sox days. He was, he, was a good, he was a good player for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this basically kind of says replacing Manny Ramirez is a tall order. But he managed to do it by 274, 41 doubles, 45 homers, 915 OPS, finished seventh in MVP. Yeah. Now, I mean, Jason Bay really kind of just the season where he replaced Manny Ramirez just was un, was unreal when he did it. Uh, it. It kind of was a bit of a shot in the pan kind of thing. I mean, he went to the Mariners and had some success there, but the – I, I would say he's probably overlooked just because it wasn't as sustained as, you know, as most guys would. It, 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 it was very similar to when Jacoby Ellsbury hit 30 bombs back in, I think, like what? Jacoby! Back in like what, 2011? And then he never hit like over 10 for the rest of his career. So it was something it, – it, it, it's, it's kind of something like that where he had amazing production one season and then, you know, the, he didn't exactly get figured out, but you just weren't – it was just very hard to kind of come back to that level of production again. Mm-hmm. Adam, do you remember Jason Bay? Not really. I, I've I've seen some memes about him from like later on in his career about how Jason Bay sucks. But uh, I have yeah. heard, you know, if if people are saying like if somebody sucks his entire, I, I also do understand if somebody sucks his entire career, nobody gives a shit. They're mm-hmm. just gonna say, okay, they're not gonna say anything. But if people are saying this guy sucks in a meme, then chances are they suck now and they they had higher expectations which is why they're making memes about them cough, so cough, i do understand that exactly that fuck <laughs> he is i love i love the memes that there were 
where it was like back during when back in the prime days of the crying Jordan, where you know that that spring tra- training photo where he's throwing and mm-hmm. his his shirt is like a crop top. Yeah, they, cro- they photoshopped on his belly the crying Jordan face. That was the greatest thing ever. Oh, but Jason Bay, you know, I, I understand he probably he was definitely a good player during during his days, but you are you get remembered for the memes. You know, your skill dies out, the memes live forever, right, Costa? But like, you know, that's that's the thing. Like when you're when you're talking once everybody says you suck, you must be pretty damn good. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, like nobody's going to say you suck if you actually suck, <laughs> if that makes any sense, because yeah. like, why would you care? Just OK, next guy in the batting order or mm-hmm. OK, he threw four picks in, in this uh, in this NFL game. OK, they'll go into the draft and they'll take some some kid. Robert, Robert Adams trying to justify the fact that he was told he sucked a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, this is, you, you, you know, you, you know, you're not that bad if people recognize it. Yeah. Nobody recognized it. I sucked. <laughs> nobody recognized. Nobody acknowledged me. <laughs> but I, I did hit two home runs back in my back in my oh, playing days. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Of a math and science academy. Adam, go. go pound <laughs> two home sand. runs is two home runs. <laughs> it was off a bunch of, you know, freaking like little engineers, like little Einstein's that you're hitting them off of. I'm sorry. We're in high school. It's yeah, not, I know. It's not like this is like no. they're all, we're all high schoolers here. We all play baseball in high school. Yeah, Adam. Adam, keep keep trying to justify it. Maybe someday somebody will listen. But I know for a fact, Costive and I and all the listeners just don't believe you. All right, we all know I bench more than you, and that's saying something because I lift women for a living. Yeah, you can give me those, that look. Yeah, those know. women are anorexic. Oh my god. Okay, you cannot say that. All right, Adam's going off the deep end today. <laughs> Costum's like, all right, yep, we're getting canceled. <laughs> Costum's going. All right. All right, cut it. Next guy. <laughs> JD Drew. JD Drew. Underappreciated or not? He had his moments. He had higher expectations than than uh, how he actually performed, but he was Bryant's still not bad. He's no, we lost Costive. You ruined Costive. All right, that was the best part about my show. Oh well, Ugh, bye, Brian. You, he probably like actually left the room. Yeah, I'm not one who's pressed. But JD Drew, he had his moments, but you know he's he he's he's still underachieved. Mm-hmm. So. I guess he's he's been called overrated so much that he's underrated. Gossip. Yeah, JD Drew was pretty solid. We're not I mean, talk- no, okay. No, no, no. JD JD Drew was pretty solid. I mean, listen, uh, I I like him better than uh, that. I I think he's a better Drew than uh, Mr. Stephen Drew. So uh, that 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 you can't complain with that. I mean, <laughs> the expectations that I have for uh, for the last name Drew. Uh, when, when, when I think about Steven drew, I just think about, uh, just a quick little swing and a miss. So, you know, nothing but admiration for JD drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we didn't have expectations for Steven drew. Yeah, we we had expectations to... for JD drew. Steven yeah, drew sure. was, was a pleasant surprise on defense. And during the regular season, during that 2013, uh, run, he actually had some moments with the bat as well. So honestly, I, I like Steven drew. I he had one moment with the bat. 
he hit a home run. He, he hit a garbage time home run in game six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the postseason, he did nothing with the bat, but he his defense was awesome. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then Bogarts was, but then Bogarts came in. Yeah, exactly, and he can do both now. Mm-hmm. The the next two, I I'm not gonna call underrated. They're Nomar and Manny. Oh, give they're, me a break! They're, they're that not, is not underrated. They're not underrated. No. Ooh, I, mean, I like I like this one, Mike Timlin. Ooh, okay, yeah. Mike I, Timlin I, I, was a goon. I agree with that one. Yeah, I, I like the Mike Timlin pick. I like that. There's a lot of players during the 2004 and 2007 run that are just so underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the players who get the most publicity through in Red Sox lore is all the players during the 86-year World Series drought. Like, you hear yeah. the Carl, Carl you hear of the Ted Williams, uh, and all those players, but you never hear about, you know, you don't you don't hear much about, let's say, Mookie Reese. Mm-hmm. You or mean you Pokey Reese? Yeah, I mean yeah, Pokey yeah. Reese, right? Yeah, sorry, po- Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese was awesome. Oh, I, I was thinking of I, I was thinking of Mookie Mo- Wilson. Yeah. Okay. See, see, you don't hear about him, so I don't. I I I, <laughs> miss, I messed up the name, but you know, all those players on those on those two thousands teams that were basically heroes. Uh, in Red Sox baseball, you don't hear about him too much. No, oh, no. Mainly because we've kind of gotten away from that point. You know, you hear about the David Ortiz, Dustin Pedroia, Mike Lowell's, even Mike Lowell, right? World Series MVP, by the way. Orlando was, Cabrera. Orlando Cabrera. Yeah. All right. I got three more for you guys. Rick Mark Porcello. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I mean. No. After, a- after no. His- after his Cy Young season was never really that guy again, but that Cy Young season, he was just stupid on the mound. Okay, you're basing it off of one. Okay. If we're yeah. basing it off of one season, I can agree. Yeah, but- no, I'm, I'm not saying like Rick Porcello, like in, in reference, like the 2018 team, but just like Rick Porcello during that 2016 run was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I remember I remember just watching him out there. I was just like, no, like this shouldn't be happening. And I, I like, I mean, like, what, what was his ERA that year? It was like it was like in like the low twos or something. It was like absurd because like I think it was in the threes, actually. No, no, no. I think he I thought he had it down the twos, but I could be wrong. It was in the maybe. lower threes, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right. But I remember I remember seeing him do. I remember seeing him just be like this, like, like literally the most dominant ground ball pitcher I think I've ever seen did not. I mean, he would go games where I think he had a complete game without a strikeout. I think he did have one. And like he was just doing things on the mound where it, it wasn't like it wasn't like where, where it was just like, oh, like Pedro Martinez in the 90s, where, where you were like, oh, my God, it's just so overpowering. It's just that he just made guys look like Pedro Martinez made guys look stupid because of how overpowering he was. Rick Borsella just made guys look stupid because he was able to just like he, he just like just threw whatever at them. And, and you know, they they did most of the hitters did most of the work in making themselves look stupid. Mm hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. Pedro Martinez did most of the work when he was making guys look stupid because he was just like blowing it by you. And, you know, you had no idea how to react. Most of these guys were, were trying to like, we're trying to like nail it out of the park. But meanwhile, they were just like sending it on over to Bogarts. Yeah. Adam? So aside from his Cy Young season where he was just absolutely dominant, I mean, Brian did a great job of explaining him there, but. Honestly, I loved his personality and that edge that he had to him. He was never able to back it up because he was just not, I just, he was just never, never that good of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. But 
I just loved, I just love his attitude, the edge to him. You, if you, if you heard the quote and just told asked who said this quote, you would think Chris sale said it. Or like there was this one time during the 2018 run where he, he said, well, like I'm going to, I'm going to pitch. I'm going to pitch until my arms, until my arm fell off, but I'd rather, I'd rather be sore with a ring on the, with a ring on the hand or something mm-hmm. like that. He said mm-hmm. some, I, I don't know the exact quote it, because it was, it was a while a, ago. Yeah. It was an effect to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's kind of the equivalent of Mike fucking white saying I should have been the first overall pick yeah, after no, one good game. So. As much as I love, I don't Mike, think that's equivalent to that. As much as I love Mike white, First of all, That's- he should not have been the number one pick. Second of all, he said that after one game. Third of all, the next game he went through four picks. First of all, he's no David fucking Blau, okay? I don't think it's equivalent to that. <laughs> because he because uh oh because Rick Porcello is stating how how badly he wants to work to win to win a ring. Mike White is just saying some cocky statement, just putting <laughs> it out there. Just because he knows he's he's he knows he's getting all this publicity, so we might as well just give the people what they what they want. Mm-hmm. All right, two more. Twenty specifically, twenty seventeen Drew Pomeranz. Ew. <laughs> I hate that. I hate, I hate that. it. I hate it. But he's kind of right. Oh, Drew Pomeranz <laughs> is kind of underrated, especially in that twenty seventeen season because he he did have like a sneaky nice season, but I still just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't know if I like him. Well, let me let me explain what this writer's saying, right? Um, he liked the Red Sox got off to a rather poor start that year. I distinctly rem- um, distinctly remember the game against the Athletics on May 20th when he got chewed out by John Farrell for wanting to go deeper into his start. To that point, Pomeranz had pitched decently but needed 97 pitches to get through four innings. Farrell pulled him as a result of a high pitch count, and the Red Sox go on to fall, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Pomerantz ERA that year sat at four nine seven, and then um, he started to turn things around. Posted two eighty five for the rest of the year, and yeah, that's about it. I, okay, I think- he turned around his year to go a sub three for the rest of the year. Good job, under I, most I, underappreciated of all time. He is pretty solid. I, I he is pretty solid. I will give him that, especially in that twenty seventeen season. Here's I the thing think, too. I oh, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I think he's just so he was just so bad in big games, and he had such a poor impression impression from when he was first acquired mm-hmm. via trade. I believe it was the 2016. No, it was the no, 2017. He, he, no, yeah. no, it was 16. Yeah. Um, no, I, I believe it was so. the 2016. I thought it was 17 then, when he came over. I'm pretty sure it was 20. Well, we'll look that up. But right. uh, either way. He had a very poor impression when he first came into the when he first came on the team, and it kind of put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And then once he once he turned things around, everybody kind of made up their minds about him. Yeah, I I think I think the reason I have such a sour taste when it comes to Drew Pomerantz this time in Boston, and I think he just does. I think he probably does too. Uh, and it may it it mainly has to do with uh the way it ended like back in 2018. I mean, they didn't even trust this man enough to have him on the world, to have him on the postseason roster. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's how bad it got. So, I mean, did he have his his moments here in Boston? Sure. But I think 2016, it was 2016. Okay. Yeah. So he he came over then, but I mean, just looking back on it, I I just have with the way it ended. I just look and I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. 
Okay, so can I just say, right, slight Drew Pomerantz appreciation moment. So he was here in 2016 and 2017, then got sent down to Pawtucket in Portland for even a little bit. Right, got back up to the majors in 2018 on that World Series team. Then he went to the Giants and Milwaukee in the same year. Now he's back with the Padres. And the past two years, in 2020, played 20 games, had an ERA of a 145. And last year, played 27 games and had an ERA of 175. But Jesus, I'll I'll say this like maybe maybe that put maybe the 2018 year put a little bit of a sour taste in people's mouths, but I don't think people cared at that point because of the way the Red Sox were playing. Mm-hmm. You know, obvious if the Red Sox were struggling in 2018, people would be pissed off at Drew Pomeranz. But we had but we had everybody all hands on deck. People were players were follow pl- were firing on all cylinders, and that 2018 season was like. It was exactly what we thought the 2017 Red Sox were going to be, mm-hmm. where they were, where I believe one GM said they are, they're going to be the Golden State Warriors of the MLB. That didn't <laughs> happen in 2017, but it sure as hell did happen in 2018. Mm-hmm. Should have happened when Poppy was still there, but you know, we still got the really sad moment of Ortiz after that playoff loss. Was it to the Angels? Who did we no. lose to that year? The Indians. Robert, Indians. I know it was a red team. Um, but yeah, so we lose to the Indians. Poppy goes out there and just says one of the most heartwarming moments. But let's get through this last one real quick, then we'll cut the episode. Yep. You guys are going to hate this one. Adrian Gonzalez. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never even a... wanted to be here. He didn't want to be there. He was such a bad, he was such a bad, you know, uh, he was such a bad uh clubhouse personality he was a pretty good player though yeah, and he, he did was. hit well there he just yeah. I, I mean not gonna lie i actually i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know pretend to rewrite history i was sad when the red sox traded him in 2012 he was a good player I, here i i, I just I didn't was, like I, it here well no I, I was sad because again i had no idea like how guys felt about the city i and i i basically saw the red sox like i when i saw them t- when I saw them basically doing what I thought was a full-on teardown in my mind, I was like, wow, the Red Sox are going to suck for a while. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. As someone who was getting into baseball, I was like, that's not going to be fun. And I remember just seeing, I think Adrian Gonzalez, literally in his first game as a Dodger, he literally hit a home run in his first game. And I and I, I, I thought, I, I, I was so young and impressionable. I thought we saw, I thought, I, I thought I, we were like letting Babe Ruth get away again because it, it was like first game at Dodger Stadium, bomb. I was like, you got to be joking. Man, Adrian Gonzalez, I fucking hated that guy, man. And basically what the writer goes on to say is along the lines of, yep, he wasn't good in the clubhouse. Nobody liked him. He was traded, though, because he was good. So yeah. he's underappreciated. Yeah, I no. mean, I mean that, that trade did help us make the 2013 roster that we did. So you can make a case for that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that it for all the players, Rob? Yes, but he, we traded... At we traded time, for Adrian Gonzalez. What was the? We traded Rizzo. Time, we yeah, traded we Rizzo. Traded Rizzo. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that, that makes it even worse. One. That was a bad part. But yeah. at the same time, like, yeah, it was good that they got all these all these players off their payroll, and it allowed them to shop around for all these all these what well, were supposed to be bridge players and Mike Napoli, Johnny Gomes, 
play uh, Shane Victorino, players like the that. Flying Hawaiian. Oh yeah, those guys, those players are going down in Red Sox history as legends. Yes, and but at the same players. time, like the the prospects that they got that were supposed to be these these high level prospects, none of them panned out. If you mm-hmm. guys remember. Oh yeah, Not you and I talked about that before. I'd have to go down the list, but I don't. I can't name a single prospect who is who panned out here, and all, all and most of them wound up being busts, and they 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 just traded them away. Franchi Cordero. Don't get me started <laughs> he, on him. All right. He never even had a shot. All right, all right. Yeah, we'll I, cut it. Cut, cut mean, the. You can take Franchi Cordero and <laughs> stuff him. I don't give a rat's ass about his speed, and I don't care about his power. That's the guy is not favorite. a baseball player. That's, that's still a, one of my favorite pesky full coats of all time. That's from that's from Felger and Mass. Yeah. Yeah. No, you yeah. can um you I still remember because it was right after we recorded an episode. I, I I can't remember which I think it was the episode 69, and then 15 minutes later he was traded. Yeah. And then like, Ben Intendi that following year, after you told me he was not going to be good, what did he bat like two eighty? Hey, hey, Josh Winkowski is the future. He's going right. to be a when when he doesn't work out, and I hope that he does. But when it doesn't, but in the event that it doesn't work out, Rob, you're going to have to eat that. I'm, I'm you're gonna I, have to eat your words. I stand by Winkowski. He's going. I'm going to come on to the show when that happens. Yeah. All right. With that being uh, said, anyways, Rob, just really quickly, <laughs> uh underrated red sox how was garen Shachini not on this list who you don't remember garen Shachini? know who that is oh man Absolute i know who garen le- is yeah garen Shachini, 2014 legend never he, he was supposed to be like a big red sox prospect never really worked out and then we traded him to the mets <laughs> i remember um, him he had some yeah. hot he had some he had some buzz to him yeah, he had plenty of buzz. It was it was him that I remember. Uh, Jamile Weeks was a oh. was a name that was here for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, he wasn't. Now, I, I believe I'm not, they, I, they I'm not, acquired not, him, and he is who was a nice speed prospect, but he didn't really work out. Ayo, Jonathan Herrera. I that name that, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Oh, was, I, he a, I, I, was he a I, pitcher? No, infielder. I can go down. The, I can go down the. Uh, I can go down the rabbit hole. So, Rob, you probably need to cut me off now. Yeah. So, with that being said, obviously, Super Bowl is tonight, boys. Real quick. All right. I've already said it on the other show, but Bengals, 14 to 10. CJ, who's your mama? 150 receiving yards. Adam? Are we going on Super Bowl MVPs? Not necessarily MVPs, but just score. I have. I So, I mentioned I gave a score yesterday. On your on our on my show at thirty to twenty seven, Rams. I'm not sure if it'll be that exact score. Maybe it'll be thirty to twenty four, thirty to twenty six, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But I still think Rams are going to win, and I think Aaron Donald's going to eat. It'll be either him or Cooper Cup as the uh, Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. My heart is in Cincinnati, but my brain is with the LA Rams. I also have the Rams winning this one third, uh, not, not 30. I have a 27 to 23 was my final score. However, nothing would make me happier than to see Joe Burrow go out there and do his thing. Mm-hmm. With that being said, boys, you got anything to say before we sign off? Uh, obviously again, just go check us out on uh, for anyone interested in down the wire for any, uh, any of the content there, make sure you go check us out on all streaming platforms, YouTube and our Instagram. Once again, you can follow that at down dot to the wire. Adam, I'll throw it over to you. 
Check out the Fumble Rooski podcast if you want exclusive football content. We give you daily football coverage on our Instagram page, whether that's putting out opinion posts, whether that's putting out news, or we'll even post tweets on our on our story. And we also have a weekly podcast that we put that we put out uh, Tuesdays at seven thirty. We're live on Fans Only Sports Network, and yeah, we give you we give you daily football coverage. This is the only. NFL podcast you will need. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy who said coach, uh, Joe Judge would win coach of the year, but, you know, well. He, oh, he was a popular choice for coach of the year. Hell no. In the preseason, he was going to be – everybody thought he was going to be coach of the year. After yeah, that season you, that they had, they started one and seven, then they went to seven and seven, and, you know, they didn't do much from there, but they didn't have much talent. They they brought they brought in more talent during the, during the Adam, offseason. I don't know. Adam, I don't know what the fuck you are smoking, but yeah. he also forgot the name Micah Parsons exists too. But you know that's okay. Joe Judge is the coach. I know, but I'm talking about with your pick for defensive rookie of the year. Well, a lot of I. Yeah, no, Owusu Koromoa. I don't. I feel like Owusu Koromoa wasn't a bad pick. If the name Micah Parsons didn't exist, absolutely, that would have been my pick too. But and a lot of people did not have Micah Parsons being rookie yeah. of the year. Okay, whatever. But we're, like we're talking little... about preseason. Go easy, Robert. Preseason. <laughs> With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. I got Jamar Chase right. Yeah, you got one right. Congratulations. Nobody right. picked Jamar Chase. Yeah, I picked. Um... I picked him during the preseason when he was dropping passes. Everybody thought it was going to be Najee Harris. I said, mm-hmm. "No, it's going to be Jamar Chase." I thought it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, but with and I being... got T.J. Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. True, but thank you guys so much. Hope you're having an amazing Sunday. If you're listening to this before Super Bowl Sunday or whenever you're listening to this, God bless you guys. Make sure you check these two out, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace. <laughs>